We are learning Dafnun. We're starting uh, about seven lines down from the two dots where it says Alkazayas Meis, Alkazayas Neitzel. So, just to recap what it is that we're learning about, we're learning about the different forms of Tumah that are given from a dead body. And basically, we say, okay, a dead body, how complicated can that be? But as we saw from the Mishnah, it can be very complicated. If you don't have a body which is fully intact, because it still came off the Tumah. So, we have different forms, different parts of the body that we're going through that can give off the Tumah. And just to clarify, not necessarily even thing, everything that gives off Tumah will cause the Nazar to shave. In other words, the Nazar to get his Naziris ruined, where he's going to have to bring the Karbonus of Tumah, shave all the hair on his head and start again. There might be specific requirements that are above uh, what the norm is for just accepting Tumah. So for example, like yesterday, we were seeing about uh, you know a quarter of a Ruvius, a quarter of a log of of, of blood generally is Matamu Ba'ola, but for a Nazir to, to stop his Nazirs and go back to day one, it might require half a log of blood. So there are certain things, every, every halacha here, some of them are going to be based upon halacha Moshe Misenites. It's just, this is, these are the facts that we're dealing with, which are, which are what is going to give the Nazir a Tumah that will stop his ability, his count. So the Mishnah spoke about something called uh, Netzel. So Netzel is not the regular flesh. Normally, a kazayas of flesh, of meat, uh, from the dead body, from the corpse, that gives off Tumah. But the Mishnah added a kazayas of Netzel as well can give off the Tumah and stop the Nazar. So the Mishnah, the Gemara now wants to know, what is this? What exactly is the substance? Ezu Netzel. Basar Amesha Karash. It's what happens when the, when, when, when the, when the flesh will, will congeal. And to understand that, what's taking place is that there's a decomposition on the flesh, and that causes that congealment. So it's, on, it's in a different form, it's in a gloppier uh, kind of feel. And once it's, it's congealed, um, but at that point, it's still a kazayas, so then it can go off the tumah. Or there can be fluids. There can be certain fluids from the corpse after decomposition. And the way that you know that they're not just, you know, and this is what it is, you could have random fluids from the body. You could have saliva, you could have mucus. That's not, those types of fluids, that's not what we're talking about. That's not the, the corpse itself, right? That's the same way, you know, you see a live person, there's a live saliva, there's mucuses, that's not what we're talking. We're talking about the fluids that are just the corpse itself coming in a different form now at this point after decomposition. So if, if it's a moel, if it's a type of fluid, you're a siach, it will bubble up. And what does that mean it will bubble up? It means that if I would put it on a fire and I put, you know, put it in a pot and put it on a fire, so what will happen is, is that the flesh will start bubbling up. Um, and that's what we call netzel. So netzel basically is decomposed flesh. That's what it is. It, and the, but the point is, is that it's not always easy to tell what is flesh that's decomposed and what is just another, another, another liquid or another secretion. So what you need to do, basically, is 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 boil it up on a pot, on a fire, and if it starts bubbling, then you know that it's decomposed flesh as opposed to another liquid. So the Mark tries to you know figure out exactly what that means. Yeah, dummy. First, we're talking about the point about congealing. Let's say you have a substance and you don't even know what it is. Like you're trying to figure out where did this, what is it? Um, you don't know if it's from the, 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 the flesh of the corpse. So let's say it is congealed. How do you know? It's still not, it still may not be uh, from the flesh. And because of what the Gemara is assuming right now is that what is the only thing that congeals like meat? Right. What about mucus? Mucus and saliva. Is it not possible they would congeal as well? And what the Gemara is saying is like, Bishlam of the second thing, we're talking about a fluid that will bubble up. Okay, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good sign, an indicator that it's decomposed flesh as opposed to another thing. But we're talking about just the first thing, flesh, which is in, in now congeals. What the Gemara is saying is, if you were to look at it and see it congeals, you wouldn't know it's flesh. So if the point is that you're not sure if it's flesh or decomposed, and we're giving a simon to know that it's decomposed flesh by saying that it congealed, that just it doesn't seem to accurately 
uh, nail it, that that's going to be decomposed, decomposed flesh just because of the fact that it's in a karash state. What's the case? It must be that you know that it's from the flesh. In other words, it's not like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm telling by the virtue of the fact that it's congealed. It's just, I know that it happens to be from the flesh. Well, then if so, avocado low karsh. Why does it have to congeal? Meaning the point that we're asking is you don't need it to be congealed then. It just is the flesh, right? Now, let's say the flesh starts decomposing and it's not, in a de- it's not in a state where it's necessarily congealed. It's not a karsh. It should still be able to give off the tumma. That's the whole point. And it seems like from the Gemara already you start seeing the net cell, it's not a din that, the, that, 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 that it has to be you know, fully decomposed where it's congealed or either it's bubbling on the fire as a liquid. The point is that it is just the flesh. And the chiddish is that no matter what happens to the flesh, the flesh is the flesh. As long as you have a gazai's worth, it's going to give off. So the Gemara is like getting very nervous from what do we mean that the netzel, whenever it's karash, then it gives off the tumah. If the pshat is you don't know that it's from the flesh and you think that the fact that it's a substance that congeals is itself a proof that it's the flesh of the corpse, that's not a proof. You can have other things that come from the body, the Gemara assumes, that will, that, will, that, 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 that will also congeal. The Gemara assumes the saliva and the mucus will also congeal. So that's not a simon. And if you know that it was the flesh, so then don't tell me that it's because it's congealing that you know that there's a tumma. The reason there's a tumma is because it's the flesh. Why do you have to make it complicated with the congealment? So the Gemara explains to Rabbi Yirmiyah, no, it's not, not true. It's not really the case is that you take it out, that, that, that it's known that it came from the courts, but you don't know whether taka was a saliva, mucus, or flesh. And Nikarash Mo, if it congeals, then you taka no. It's from the flesh, but low karash, if it does not congeal, then it must be something else. It must be the saliva mucus, which doesn't do it. So basically, what it seems to be is that the Gemara is just switching in the Metzias here. We're, we're, we're correcting what the Makshin was assuming. Makshin was assuming that a saliva the mucus would congeal, and, and, and we're saying, no, you're wrong. If it does congeal, it does positively prove it, identifies it as a netzel, not the saliva or the mucus. It would seem that that's Kufa, the shock of tire here in the Gemara. So the Maskana, Netzel is a din that any form that the flesh finds itself in, whether it's now congealing, that's a simon, that's a sign that it must be from the flesh, or if you know from the corpse, as opposed to another type of thing. Or if it would bubble in a pot, that again is another indicator that it is flesh as opposed to something else. Okay. Now, the Gemara wants to know about how big the din of Netzel is. Just to understand, Netzel, it's not a svara. Netzel is not a svara because somebody could say, that, that Basar, the din of Basar, because I is Basar, it's only when it's in the state of Basar. Basar is a very, um, very specific state, what the, what the characteristics of meat are. Once something is decomposed, so then that's not Basar. So it's a new chiddush, it's a new din, that Netzel is still matame. So the Gemara wants to know, Is the din of Netzel, is that only for a human corpse? Or does that apply for an animal as well? We know, the Torah says, a carcass of an animal, it, it, when it dies without a kosher shkita, or if it's a non-kosher animal, it's matame. It's called an avela. So let's say a cow dies without shkita. What's the halacha? It's matame. Not only can you not eat it, it's in an avela, but it's matame. Or if let's say I have a pig, you could shakht it as properly as you think you're shakting it, but it doesn't have a din of a shkita. It's still going to be matame as its carcass. So our question is, the meat of an avela is matame, very klar. But what about the netzel? What if the meat of an animal decomposes and now it's congealed or liquefied, one of those? So, so which one is it? What will be? 
Will that will, will, will it give off toma? Just like we learned the din natsal by a human corpse, maybe there's a din of natsal by an animal carcass as well, or not. And what does it boil down to? What did Hashem say at, say at Sinai? Because again, these dinim when we're learning all of those, they're very factual. There's not much svara here. Me Amrino, do we say gemiri natsal daasmi adam? When the Allah Hashem Sinai spoke about natsal, it spoke about a din in tuma of a human corpse. Avod daasmi vimalo. We didn't have the we didn't have the the. Uh, Allah Sinai specifically talking about an animal carcass. Odilmar, perhaps Lushna, there is no difference in a natsal from an animal carcass will also give off the Tumah. One way of saying the Lundas, if you want, maybe, perhaps, this is what the Gemara Shaila is, is Netzel a din that, in, in the Basar or is it din in, a din in the Tumah? What do I mean by that? Clearly the facts are very simple. When I have a corpse and I have, and I have flesh, it's Matame. Even when the flesh decomposes in a different form, it's still Matame. Is the novelty of that that, that, that it's still considered to be like flesh? Or is the novelty that there's another type of tumma from a corpse? If it's a din that there's another type of tumma from a corpse, not only flesh, but also netzel, a netzel is a different shame of tumma. So then the Allah was only said, as we know, by a human corpse, we, have, we would have no right to extend it to an animal carcass. The Torah only said the new din of netzel being halacha. But if the daich is not a din that there's a new type of tumma called netzel, the Vard is that the Torah is showing you that the netzel is considered basar. That basar, even when it decomposes, it still has that chale shame basar in order to give off the tumah from the basar. So then, Mali, if I'm dealing with this tumah or that tumah, the question is, what is the basar that I have? So the Gemara then clarifies that the question that we have, which is, again, an animal carcass's flesh which decomposes, would it give off tumah? If you hold that the stringent tumah, the tumah of Nevela, is only true as long as the meat is fit is fit for a garret to eat, then there's not much of a question. There's no question that the netzel is not going to give off to Let's just try to understand what the Gemara is doing. The Gemara is throwing us into a machlokas and mesechas pachoros. What's the machlokas? The Pasuk says, when if you look at Nevela, what does the Pasuk say? It says that you should sell it to a ger. Right? You give it to a ger. So the question is, what does the Pasuk mean to indicate when it says you give it to the ger? First of all, we're, you know, the gear that we're talking about is not a gear who's been Megayer converted to Judaism. He doesn't eat Nevela. I'm talking about a gear Toshav, like an alien. You know, it's not, it's not the uh, a natural Jewish person, but he lives in Israel and we treat him with respect because he's somewhat of a citizen. He, he belongs there even though he's not a Jew. So the Torah says that we're giving this, this Nevela to the gear. Why is the Torah telling you to? So in one opinion, you know, what the Torah is telling you is a tremendous Chiddush. That if it's no longer, if the meat is no longer in a condition that a ger would want it, in other words, it's not what a human would, would regularly eat, then it doesn't have the toma. That's what the Xer Sakasov is telling you. It's Xer Sakasov that even, forget about decomposing, even when it spoils slightly, that even if a dog would eat it, but if it's not fit for human consumption, human being wouldn't touch it the way it is, then it no longer has the toma. So according to him, our whole question is moot. Because what do we want to know? We want to know if there's a din of netzel on an animal carcass. Forget about netzel. As soon as the, the meat spoils a little bit and it's not fit for human consumption, already the tumma comes off. And that's indicated in the Xerah Sarkasov. The Torah says to give it to the ger. So according to that opinion, there's nothing, obviously, our question doesn't get off the ground. It's all according to the Mandamar who says, no, the Torah says you give it to the dog as well, which indicates that the, 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 the tumma can exist as long as a dog would still benefit from it. So then Michael Lemimur, what are you going to say? In other words, we want to resolve the question then. Because the Gemara is assuming right now, again, Metzia is a little bit important here, that the netzel is still fit for a dog. The dog would enjoy the netzel. So therefore, our question now comes back. 
Why is our question come back? We want to know, is the din of Netzel applied to an animal? If the din of Netzel applies to an animal, we could say that it's still metamit. And even though Ger wouldn't eat it, but we go like this opinion that as long as it's still fit for the dog, then it's, it, it, the Tumah is still there. And, and, and we look at the Xeris HaKatsav, even though it's not in a state of Basar, it's in the state of Netzel. But we look at that, Allah HaMoshim Yisina is still applying to animal carcass. Masha'inkin, if I say no, it's a Tumah, it's a Netzel, a type of Tumah which was said by a human corpse. It's not a type of Tumah which was said on an animal carcass. Then it will not be Metame, despite the fact that it's fit for a dog, because it's not Basar. So that's what we want to know. So the Gemara says, Tashma, let's bring a proof. The Brisa says, a lot of these things, again, the proofs that we're bringing, the, the Shakvatara today, are extremely technical. We're just not so sure clarity in the Metzias of a couple points. So here it says, Himchuba or Tame. We're talking about fat of a dead kosher bird here. So if they melted down the fat from this bird over a fire, um, so what's the halacha Tame? It still has the Tumah. So we're talking about a kosher bird that, beca- that became an Avela, and the fat gives off the Tumah Avela to anyone who would eat it. You know, when you have a bird, it's interesting, the Avela isn't with contact. A bird, the, the dead, when it dies without a proper shrita. So what is the law? If you eat it, you contract the Tumah. So we're saying that this fat, if you would melt it over fire, it does not affect the Avela status. It's still fit for human consumption, v'chule, v'chule, and it's um and it now it, it still would give off the tumah. However, tar, if they melt it in the sun, it is tar. What's the pshat? Obviously, the point must be that something spoils more when it melts in the sun than when it melts in the fire. Fire, even though it's heat, but it changes it quickly, right? That's the whole thing. The cooking process doesn't spoil when you cook something. The opposite, it cooks, right? And then it becomes fit for eating, more food for eating. But putting things in the sun, it depends what. Right? We know you cook eggs in the sun, that works. But when you're melting fat in the sun and, it, and, it, and, it, and now it changes a little bit, so now it seems that it's tar. Our only understanding of why it would be tar, we think is, it must be that simply it's so spoiled that it's so, it becomes such a repulsive thing that nobody would, would, would have it, including a dog. So if you really think that Nevela gives off the Tumah until it's no longer fit for the dog, and you want to say as well that Netzel could apply to Nevela, even if it was melted in the sun, it should also give off the Tumah. Because what the Gemara thinks right now is what? You think the dog wouldn't have it if it was melted in the sun? He probably would have it. It must be the idea is just one thing. It must be that, 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 that it decomposes fully, becomes into a state of Netzel. And then at that point, at that point, it cannot give off the tumah. So when you did it over the fire, it must be, it doesn't consider, it's not considered a decomposition of it. And therefore, even without the law of Netzel, it's just considered still basar and it gives off tumah. Mashiachin, if it's in the sun, we're assuming still the dog would have it. So if there's a status of Netzel, why wouldn't it give off, to, give off the tumah? Must be a Netzel of Ahima. And when it would be in the sun, it would decompose in a way that's beyond the status of meat. And that's why it doesn't give off the tumah. The Gemara says back, no, there's a very simple reason why once it's in the sun, it doesn't give off the tumah. Because when does it melt? In the sun, it has to go really bad. In order for it to melt in the sun, it must go really bad first. Even the Israel offer, it's as bad as dust, meaning even the dog wouldn't go for it. Melted fat from the sun is not even for the dog. So it's not about Natsal or ain't Natsal In the scenario where the fat was melted by the sun, not even the dog would have it. And as we clarified, for sure, if a dog wouldn't have it, so then you wouldn't, uh, wouldn't give off the Tumah. So we don't conclude our question. If I had flesh which decomposed, which a dog would have, but it, the flesh decomposed, and it was an animal carcass, would it give off the Tumah? We do not resolve that question. We know there's Natsal for Adam. We don't know if there's Natsal for Abayma. Okay. Now, we talk more, new topic here. It's not really about Netzel. It's just talking about like decomposed, liquefied statuses of like or things which were originally meat. But it's not really our, our, our so it's a bit of a tangent here. Tonight, 
We learn in a Mishnah. Mishnah Machir. Kol tar. Whenever a liquid is poured from one to the other, it could be tar. So what do we say? Let's say you're pouring from a tar liquid into a tamekli. So imagine, I don't know, you've got a bottle of, of water and you're pouring into a cup. In the cup is some tame liquid. And you're pouring from the bottle with a stream that's connecting from what's in the bottle down to the cup. And you pour a little bit. Does the stream of machaber, is it a connector of tumah? Is it, is it as if now everything that remains in the bottle had made contact with everything in the cup because of the stream which connected it? It's as if they touched it all one another. Therefore, the tumah, the tumah status that was in the liquid in the bottom cup would now reflect back and be matame what was the contents of the top thing which was pouring. And the Mishnah says, no, it's not like that. Kolonizo tar. It is tar. And it makes sense because... Any liquid that remains in the upper container and the stream itself is tar because it did not make contact with the with the tamay stuff. That's the way liquids work. Liquids work. It's not a, it's not a connector. It's not it's not like you know you're touching this one substance and like oh I have a big piece of meat you know and a little bit uh, a part of it make contact. I say oh the tamay is on the whole meat now. Here it's a liquid and just because I'm pouring out and a little bit at the end of the stream touches the the tamay liquid in the cup, I'm not going to say that that now bounces back. And everything that came from the stream and is matam in the top part in the stream. We don't say it. Chutz, however, there, there are exceptions. Mitavash, azifim, atzapichas. A certain type of honey and the tzapichas. So what's going on over here? Obviously, it's a certain batter. It's very, it's got very, very thick. That's the point. So even if it's pourable, but when the stream, it's considered a connector. Because that's always the key. A solid, a mass is considered one big thing. That's a liquid because it's just liquidy. And it just takes the shape of whatever it is. It's not one big thing. That's the icker point here in the lumens. So if it would be super thick, so then I can say that the upper and the lower liquids are viewed as being connected by the stream, even though it's somewhat liquidy, but since it's so thick, it's viewed as being a connector. So whatever substance in the upper container becomes tummy from the tumma in the lower container. But if I'm dealing with any other looser type of liquid, then I would not say they are connected. Top of the Amit base, Bishami, Omer Bishami says there is more as well. Ava make Bishop Greasin Bishopul. If I have a porridge, a type of cooked food, it's like a porridgey thing. Kind of, I always think of it like an oatmeal. You know, like that's like kind of liquidy, kind of not. I mean, obviously, it depends how liquid, how liquid your oatmeal is. But something porridgey, uh, or split beans, or whole beans, however they are, Nesha, Nishi, so let this Says Bishami is a different variable. What's the variable? That it has a certain resilience to it. So what happens is when you pour it, if you would stop, Actually, it's somehow like, it's very interesting science. It like shrinks back and goes back up a little bit. It's very interesting to try this at home. I haven't tried it pouring oatmeal, like, you know, to have them see what happens if I would stop midstream. But it seems that there's something to it. It's not so much about its thickness. It's not so much about its thickness. That was the first liquids. Now we're saying it's like a little different variable here. These porridges, it has this resilience that when you're pouring it down, even though you're going against the gravity, it will shrink and rise back somewhat. So since it, it, it does that, it has that like knee-jerk reaction. You stop the, the stream, it bounces up just a little bit. So that's a connector. That's a connector. Therefore, when you're pouring from there, we view that the tumma in the bottom thing can go back, can go and impact the top thing as well. So now the Gemara wants to know by According to the Tanakama, we mentioned very those really thick honeys and tapichas batters. So what would be with other things? What about other foods? Now, what's the example? And this is why our circuit is coming in as a tangent. What about animal fat that was melted and poured into a container of that stomach? Right? What, what Animal fat, would that be a machaber or not? And the Gemara speaks out what the tzadam are. According to the Tanakhama, do we say that the rationale for the honey and the tapichas is because of the springing back also? There is also a remainder in the stream that would shrink back 
to the upper container if I would stop pouring. That's what it's about. Melted food, they might be thicker. An animal fat is thicker, but it does, certainly doesn't have that. Or perhaps the whole thing you cited the Tanakama is nothing to do with the resilience of springing back. That's all Beishamai. The Tanakama only cares about thickness. So a melted food is also very thick. So in other words, if I have a fat, even when we're saying it melts, it doesn't become, you know, like a glass of water or orange juice. It's not like that. It's a thick, cloppy substance, which is kind of similar to that honey batter that the Tanakama was talking about. So if the main thing was the thickness, so we can extend it. It's not only honey batters, but the other things that are very thick as well. For example, kind of like what we're learning about an animal fat. An animal fat, which was melted, would still have that um, somewhat of a very thick uh, 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 texture, and therefore it could, it, it could connect. Mashengen, if the Tanakama is really also working on this springing back business. It's not about, it's not about its ability uh, it's not about the thickness, but the ability to spring back. So then you don't have that on uh, on something like a fat. Now it's interesting because if the dispute was about, but remember, there's a dispute Beishamah still. So what are they arguing about, right? In other words, Beishamah was saying even the porridge because it springs back. The pastors would be the Tanakama didn't hold of that at all. But the Gemara was be saying maybe they hold of it. Just the question is what degree of springiness do you need, like resilience? So it's a very thin line at the end of the day to understand what the Tanakama was saying. What is the magic variable over here to understand why the honey batter um, is matame as a connector back to the top one? So Amarabha Tashima, it says in the price of if I have an olive's amount, because I have amount of, 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 of the fat from a quartz in one piece, and then you melt it, tame, it remains tame. As long as it's not smaller than the size of his eyes, the tumma does not go away just because you melted it. As we learned, it's still it's still fit. It's not it's not it's not, not totally decomposed. You're good. But in before vitikol, let's say it was separated into pieces that were smaller than his eyes. Then you melt them to combine it together. Tahar, it remains tahar. What's the pshat? Because it's not really joining together to be one thing. You had t- different little pieces of fat which were not which are not one. You're kind of melting them together to stick them together, but they're not really becoming one. And since they're not becoming one, we say what's artificially connected is not connected. That's the idea. Now, there's things that are connected from the corpse. Oh, his eyes worth amount. Okay, that's one thing. But if they were little bits, and then a person tries to combine them together, melt them, melt them into one piece, we say in an artificial connection is not considered a strong enough of a chibur for the toma. Now, if there wouldn't be, if a stream is not considered connected for food, what was the ratio? Shalim in the case where it was originally one piece. We say when you melt it down, it's still it's still tame. Why? If you melt it down, it should also be tar. Why? Because what happens when you melt things? Some of it must run off the side of the pan. So in other words, the point that we're saying is when you're melting fat, there's got to be drops that melt that melt and go off from the main body of the fat and are only connected to it by streams of by by like parts of the original melt, of the melting fat. It's not going to stay one glob that mamish when you're melting it. So it must be that it's all considered one thing. That must be what it is. So what do I see? I see that it's 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 considered a chibur. We see that even though it's becoming in a melted state, and again, the Kamar is assuming inevitably some of it is melting away from the original glop, it's still, can, you imagine, again, you only have a kazais, exactly a kazais, that's the point. So you need every little bit to be considered one in order for the chibur to work to say, I have a kazais worth. So it must be, even though there is some of it which is running off since it's mechubar, it's connected through the, 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 the other parts of, of melting fat is considered one big mass. So we have a raya that it's considered to be a machaber. So too, if I was pouring the melted fat, 
from the top to the bottom, it would be Mechaber. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Zera, Ana, Umar, Bereti, Ravina, I and Mar, the son of Ravina, explain this to us. What is the case? Not, not that some of the fat was running off. As you were eating it. There was just a some of the there was there was there was a, just a, a part of the fat that got shot up from the fire right to the top of the container of a karish and it it cooled and congealed all there. So I don't really understand this. You got to try this by the fire. But I don't I don't know if you want to try this by the fire. But basically, sometimes it can get such an intense heat where the fire just shoots up and it, it just kind of like congeals the fat in like a flash, kind of like you know a blowtorch kind of situation, and it, and, it, and it congeals right there. So in other words, it wasn't a slow, gradual melting process. That's the point. But the Gemara initially was assuming it was a gradual melting process. Inevitably, some of it is running off to the side and it's just connected and we're saying it's one big mass. The Gemara saying it's what happened. It was like a ball just like shot up and, and melted it and it cooled as one, as one ball. But it, well, it was, there, was, there was no parts that were running off whatsoever. All the part of it were together at all times. So not so easy exactly in the Metzias of what took place here. But the point is, in that scenario, it was one big mass. So again, the Gemara attempts another proof. We're looking for a proof to understand what's, what's, what's the deal with the Tanakhama versus Beishamah. Tanakhama is talking about a thick honey. Beishamah is talking about a porridge. We want about an animal fat. Would it be a machaber of liquids? The porridge of split beans or whole beans with Asian Solnachrayan. We said their streams spring back to the upper container. That's why they could be a machaber. So the Gemara is assuming, hey, Beishamah is saying the, the factor that we care about is the ability to spring back. So wouldn't it make sense that the Tanakhama is also on, that, on board with that and they're just arguing about the nature of porridge, which isn't as... Uh, springy as the honey, whether or not it's macabre. And the Gemara says, Midir, what kind of argument is it? That's the machalokis. In the case of the honey, Tanakama might say it's because it's thick and it's not to do with its ability to bounce back. In the case of the porridge, Bishama is the one who's introducing a new thing about the fact that it makes these thick strands that it has this resilience to bounce back. I really want to try this point of this bouncing back business, but the mice of the Gemara doesn't conclude on this. Bishama certainly is, including, is using that, that resilience of the springiness to bounce back. They, the Tanakama may not be considering that a variable at all. He might just be dealing with thickness to consider it like a mass. And we ultimately don't know about other thick materials. It's possible. We don't know what would be something like animal fat, which melted, which is somewhat liquidy, somewhat not. It definitely, somewhat not, it definitely has a thickness. Would it be a machaber or a connector from the top to the bottom? Of a, if there was a ton of liquid on the bottom, what would be with the status of the thing on top? All right, we just conclude with a little bit more. The next tumma that was in the Mishnah. The next kuma was the, the, the Malo Tarvid Rekif. So Rekif is dust. That's like the next stage of decomposition, right? Where the flesh mamish like even further turns to like corpse tops. So if I have a ladle full, Malo Tarvid of that amount, of that amount then it's metamis. So get a whole different din here. Not a kazayas anymore. It's a ladle full of the corpse dust. That could be metamis. So if I have netzel, which we spoke about, congealed, or it's the liquidy stuff that it would boil on the on the on the pot, then on, on the fire, that's kazayas. But here, where it's coarse dust, it's a ladleful. So the Mar says, "Kamashio, can you explain how much is a ladleful?" I mean, there are different sizes of ladles, right? That's what that's what's bothering us. Saying a ladleful is not precise enough. So the Gemara says, It means how much would fit into a person's palm. That means you're from the base of your hand until your fingers start, just the palm itself, without the fingers. It means a whole handful. So pastures, that means the hand with the fingers. Now, there's a big question here. Does it mean, like, it's, you ever try holding something in one hand, just one hand? It's hard. But if you're holding it, like, you know, the Kohen Gala on Yom Kippur, two hands together, cupping together, together with that. That's easier to understand. So it sounds like it's a big difference in the size. One Mandama is just saying how much fits in one palm. The other Mandama is saying how fits all the handfuls that come in. 
So Tanan, we learn in a bride. Similar to Havid Rekh of Sharma, when we speak of the corpse stuff that fits in a ladle, Yeshun Maker at Sposalamala. It's what's contained in the base of the fingers and up to the fingertips. So Pasha is what he means from when the fingers start until the tip of the fingers. That sounds like a third thing that we haven't said. We mentioned from the base until the fingers or handful. Now we're seeing that the bride is saying from where the fingers start until the top. It means a handful. So Rabbi Yochanan said a handful, that's like the Rabbanan. Chizkiah was the one who said a palmful. How much fits from the base of the hand until the fingers? Who is he going like to look at Rabbanan? He's not going like the Rabbanan who said a handful. He's not going like Rameir either, who said that it's from the tips, the base of the fingers and upwards. So the Gemara says, Amri, you know what we could say? How much fits in a palm and how much fits in the fingers is exactly the same. You kind of, if you look at your hand, you kind of could see it. But it's still hard to believe it's exactly the same. But that's what the Gemara suggests us, that it's exactly the same. From the base of your hand until the fingers, and how much would fit in there? Just the palm. And how much would fit from the base of the fingers until the end of the fingers would be exactly the same. So yes, it's being expressed in different ways, but there's no conflict in opinion. Then the Gemara says, you know what? We could just say a simpler answer. You were assuming that when Rameir said, make her supposed to Maila, he meant the fingers. The Gemara says, How do you know that it means from the fingers to the top of the fingers, he means from the fingers to below, meaning towards the wrist. He's saying from the fingers to the top, top meaning like to the, the end of the hand, not that towards further out to the ends of the fingers. He means to the top, back up. So he's actually saying a palmful. That's what he's saying. He's, he, he's expressing it in the same way. It means the same exact thing what Chizkiah said. And the Mar says, take it, we can't tell. In other words, either way we've defended Chizkiah. Either we say that the, 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 the palm, or, or how much fits in the palm, how much fits in the fingers is the same. Or we say when he was talking about the fingers, he, was not, he wasn't saying from the base of the fingers to the tip of the fingers, he was saying from the base of the fingers to the wrist. Either way, though, we've defended Chizkiah. It's just what is the truth. And the Gemara leaves that, leaves that standing.